This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. How are you, brother? I'm great, bro. How are you, mate? Mate, I am awesome. I'm so excited today. We have got somebody coming back on the show who has not been on in quite a while, and he's always a lot of fun. He just, you know, he reminds me of something that I was taught when when you speak in public, which is make them laugh, make them cry, but God, whatever you do, don't make them think, you know? Yeah. And he reminds me of that because there's tears and there's laughter and you don't know it, but you're learning at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I cracked me up on this interview, but let's just launch into it. So today we have on this episode a very exciting guest, John Dwyer, other no, otherwise known as JD from the Institute of Wow.com and a couple other websites that we'll mention shortly. And JD is better known as the guy that bought Seinfeld out of retirement for an Australian bank's advertising campaign. And if you know JD like we do, you'll know that he doesn't really like to talk about that too much. He likes to keep it very low key, not. But JD is a father of six and has more bad dad jokes than anybody I know. JD was our guest on our podcast way back in 2000. 15 on episode 26, where he shared some case studies on how JD applies his unique Wheel of Well marketing system to his clients' businesses to get them amazing results. And part of JD's process is to use a wow factor to take customers' eyes off the price, which he's going to talk about in this episode. So listener, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back after this episode to episode 26, where you'll hear more of JD's awesome client case studies. So JD, welcome back to the Real Magic podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Greg and, uh, and Alan. I'm really pleased to be here. I am here this time, uh, JD and Greg. For for the audience, we had to do a second take of that because I completely screwed up from the moment we started. And you know what? It's being in the presence of JD that does it to me. You know, it's uh, we start off an episode even before we hit record with a good laugh, which is which is wonderful. JD, mate, it is great to have you here. Um, great to have you back. You know, it's been a while since you've been on the episode. A lot has been happening for you today. You know, I'd like to have one of our usual chats where we just sort of go through a few uh, case studies and ideas and and what's been going on. But just to sort of give it a little bit of context, the last time you came on, which was way, way back in, I think, 2015, you would you had a brand new offering, which was the wowmarketingacademy.com.au. And I'd love to just check in and see what's going on with that. And, you know, tell us, how's it working for you? Well, thank you very much, Alan. Uh, I'll give it a plug as well. It's wowmarketingacademy.com.au. So there's no the in the front of that one. It's just wowmarketingacademy.com.au. And to give you an idea how well it's going, I'm speaking to you from my own private island. Uh, at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's done done quite well. You guys have probably been to Fiji, have you? Yes. Yeah. No, no, well, that's mine now. Uh, yeah, nice. I yeah. wish, I wish, I wish. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's, guys, it's going well. Uh, what happened is that when I got into the coaching game from consultancy, because for a thousand years I was a consultant, where you charge a few businesses a, a fair whack of money because they get to use your services uh, quite a bit, I swapped across four or five years ago to this coaching environment, which the three of us are very familiar with. And what that is is that you can serve a lot more people 
people, but of course you don't charge anywhere near the same money. So what we've done is that we set up a program which was 1400 and something dollars a month, and it's absolutely perfect for smaller businesses or startups whereby they can get enough of me to be able to put together a marketing plan that makes a difference for their business, both online and offline, but they also get access to all of my resources and library of templates that they can steal and basically just swipe and use on Facebook and Instagram and you know Google AdWords and brochures and TV ads and radio and all that sort of stuff. So it's been really, really good because um, what we found is that smaller businesses doing under maybe half a million dollars, they can afford maybe you know, $1,300, $1,400, dollars a month to be mentored, but they can't afford to be paying the three, four, five, ten thousand dollars because they're just not in that league per month. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Nice solution. And that URL again, JD, is wow. Wow. No, no, I, just, I thought you said what my reaction was. Sorry, I, I, mate, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting on a bit, and so the hearing is not as well as it used to be. Uh, the, UR, the URL again is wowmarketingacademy.com.au. I love it. And yeah, listener, you know, this is not really a big ad for JD, or it kind of is. But at the same time, JD's here to deliver a lot of incredible value because he has so much experience online and offline helping businesses grow through, you know, his wow marketing techniques. And and they are really wow. And so JD, what techniques these days are you using like in your business? Because, you know, back then you you were sort of new to, you know, more the online because you were running a lot of events and things like that. But are you doing a lot more sort of advertising online and remarketing and those sort of things these days? Yeah, mate, look, uh, I guess the benefit that uh, that I would bring to the table, uh, he, he sort of says boastfully, is that because I'm not 25, I've been around the block a few times. And what I've been able to do for a lot of my clients is use old world tactics in the new world. So where before, you know, a lot of the direct response avalanche marketing techniques that I had might have been distributed through a newspaper or maybe letterboxes or even on TV and radio. These days, as we well know, with the laser targeting, you can enjoy with Facebook and Instagram and AdWords and all things like that. The old world ideas that I bring to the table matched with the new world communications is a cocktail of firepower because what I can do now online for people with a lot of the ideas that we used to use offline, not only is more targeted, but it's cheaper. And uh, what I'm finding, uh, and I'm sure you are and Alan is as well, if you know how to use the likes of Facebook, if you really know how to use that, and not many people do because they're being advised by a social media so-called expert who's you know still using Proactive, then the point is, is that if you know how to use it, boy, oh boy, that can make you a lot of money. Yeah, look, I think that that's the thing that people forget. You know, yes, it's a new age of media, but the basic principles still apply. And and this is, look, I love Facebook advertising, right? And done well, it can be absolutely epic, you know, but you can't just copy what you might be working somewhere else you know so you can't necessarily take what you're using on adwords and transpose it across it's a it's a whole different media but the basic principles remain the same look what do you think jd about facebook advertising at the moment i mean it's it's starting to get a bit more expensive i'm noticing that the the news feeds on facebook are starting to get very noisy Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. it seems like there's a greater quantity of ads that aren't necessarily relevant like i love seeing a relevant ad in my newsfeed, but 
do, do you think this is because of uh, it's just a trend and everyone's trying it or, you know, there's just no guidance out there? What do you think the mistakes are that people are making? Mate, I, I know that anyone who's under 30 is going to hate me when I say this, but, you know, a lot of the Facebook ads are driven by, again, a so-called social media expert who just got out of uni. And so, therefore, you, we all know that the Gen Y audience, and I've got six of them, by the way, I'm the father of six Gen Y children aged 23 to 30, and they are all about, aside from just all the good stuff, so, you know, social equality and looking after the forests and not cutting down trees and doing all that sort of stuff, the other thing that they're big about is brand building. And my argument is that I agree with that. I buy Kellogg's because it's Kellogg's and we buy Ford Motor Car because it's Ford and all that sort of stuff. But there's no way in the world that most of the people listening to this podcast have a business that's big enough to sponsor the Australian Open Tennis Tournament or to sponsor Essendon Football Team or the Commonwealth Games or whatever it might be. So if you haven't got the money to build your brand on Facebook or any of these sorts of mediums, then you better learn this direct response marketing stuff real quick. Because the thing is, is that when I'm holding an event, I normally ask people, look, um, uh, could I just ask you, have you, anybody in this room bought anything off the side of a bus? The answer's no. Has anyone ever bought anything off the back of a taxi? The answer's no. And has anybody bought anything off the electronic signage of the NRL or AFL football games this weekend where you'll see all the electronic signs go around the fence? And the answer's no. So the amount of money that's been peed up against the wall on so-called brand building is enormous, and that's happening also online. When I go through the newsfeed of Facebook, I see brand ad after brand. These are all sponsored ads, by the way. Branding after branding after branding after branding. And I suspect a lot of it's coming from young so-called marketing experts telling the clients to they've got to get their name out there. And I say, no, it's all about getting their name in here. And there's a tactic, which I can certainly go through with you quickly if you're interested, to show these people how to forget about getting their name out there because that's peeing money up against the wall unless you've got a lot of money. It's all about getting their name in here. That's what Facebook should be doing. So how do you do that? I haven't got time. I'm sorry, I've got to go. Okay. Um, yeah, because I, I spent all that time leading up to the whole cres- well, the crescendo build. I've run out of time. Uh, mate, look, it's it's really, really simple, and I'm not sure whether I've given this example to you guys before, but it's a good one. No. It was a little while ago, and it was a aluminium fence manufacturer, so he made you know a pretty boring product, but it would not be boring if you had a paling fence that was falling down in the backyard. And he was blowing big money on Facebook. It was in Gosford in New South Wales, and so he was spending money on Facebook. He had a 24-year-old telling him, just put the picture of the aluminium fence in the graphics and then tell them that you're the aluminium fence maker and you're best around town. He got nothing, nothing. I said, look, can you just move aside for a minute and maybe we could fix this? So we ran a Facebook campaign geared towards the postcodes that had the older homes, so they were 30 or 40-year-old homes, that likely had a wooden paling fence that was falling over. And we ran the ugliest back fence in Australia contest. And basically what you had to do is take a photo of your ugly, decrepit, falling down back fence and post it to a landing page for the chance to win a $5,000 aluminium fence makeover. He had two years worth of leads in three days. We had to turn the campaign off. <laughs> I love it. So basically what, what we did is we got his prospects to glow in the dark and we do exactly the same thing for kitchen renovations. They just post a photo of your ugly kitchen. Obviously we gear up towards the 40-year-old homes and he has two years worth of leads in three days. We normally switch the campaigns off when they spent $900 and made about you know, 200, 300, 400, 500,000 out of it. What I'm hearing from you is old school experience, yep. right? I mean, yeah, the idea of entering a competition to win something was a great mailing list creating uh, activity once upon a time, you know. And in today's 
era of technology, you get that person to the landing page, you've now tagged them for Google remarketing, uh, you've added them to your Facebook retargeting list plus you've potentially got direct contact if you can capture an email address and a phone number for them you can sms them you know you, you've just what you've done is you've isolated your customers or all your potential customers and even if they're not a customer at this moment you put them out in a separate group standing alone where you can be talking to them until they become a customer yep. that's the power of facebook i mean i think the power of facebook is that you can segment you can you know find that little targeted group of, of people but people who are running this sorry the 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 so-called social media experts and i don't i'm not criticizing social media experts because there are some fantastic social media experts out there right but they're not the right people to generate the advertising campaign. They might be the right people to help you generate a flow of content to keep people engaged on Facebook. They might be the right person to teach you the tools on how to schedule posts in advance, but you do need somebody who knows how to connect with people. And here's the, the final thing I'm gonna say on this is that you know Facebook is not the platform to sell on. I mean, JD just used a great example. You don't go on there and say, hey, buy a fence you come up with a clever way to get people engaged and excited and involved, and then you can sell to them later, right? Because my analogy that I give people is, you know, Facebook is like going to try and sell a car because you're a car salesman at your local restaurants. Yeah. You know, it's just not the right place to be doing it. Um, you are going to get either punched in the face by somebody who's trying to have a romantic dinner. You're going to get kicked out by the restaurant owner. You just, you're not going to be liked in general if you do that. So, you know, but if you said to the restaurant owner, hey, listen, what I'd like to do is I'd like to give every customer that you have in here a free test drive of our latest vehicle with no obligation to purchase, or we want to put them in a draw to win a brand new Mercedes. Do you think the restaurant owner and the people in the restaurant are going to be open to being involved in winning a Mercedes? And if it's a premium restaurant, they might be your perfect client. You know, there's, you've just got to think about how you're talking to, to your customers. Would you agree, JD? Mate, you're spot on. And it's called a two-step sell. And what a lot of people are doing because they're being advised wrongly by a social media expert is they try to make Facebook a one-step sell. And it, the two steps are put something on Facebook. Obviously, we're talking about PPC, so it's an ad, uh, that will offer them uh, some sort of tease factor that they will go to a landing page and in return for that free something or chance to win something, they'll give you their details and then the second step of course is to sell so the first step is to get them to a landing page the second step is to sell it's called two-step selling and once you've got their details you can annoy them until they buy or die so uh, and do you do that by a remarketing yes by by both remarketing and also by email, email. and and mostly yep. mostly text because look we all know that you know if you get a 20 percent open rate on your email now you're dancing in the rain because it's like the fat kid at sizzlers everyone's abused the fact that it's free um and so therefore the thing is is that uh, mobile numbers are now you know i i tell all of our clients look for goodness sake you know give email a shot, um, but you know if it's a cold, cold list or even it's only a lukewarm list, if you get a 15, 20% open rate, you're doing okay. Whereas, guess what? SMS messages get a 94% open rate within three minutes. Why would you do email? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think I've think i told you guys, the uh, Lobster Cave is a, well, not now, but it was a client of mine in Melbourne. And uh, he's, uh, minimum meal is $51. It's a pretty classy restaurant at Bo Morris. And uh, so as it turns out, uh, he was frustrated uh, because uh, he had a few empty seats. He is now the only restaurant in the world 
that is full 100% every single night. You cannot get a table. And we did it easily by just giving the waitresses 50 cents for every name and contact detail that they got. So when they're coming around to hand out the bill, they give six little entry forms, old world style. It's not a text message. They just hand out little entry forms about the size of an ace of diamonds. And they just put their name, their email, and of course their mobile. And uh, what happens uh, an afternoon at three o'clock, Bill Ferg, who owns the place, will yell out to his long-suffering secretary, Cheryl. Cheryl, I've been there. I've been actually in his office when he does this on top of the restaurant Cheryl how many seats of our 180 seats have we got you know booked out tonight and she'll say oh hang on let me have a look on the computer we've got uh, 80 he goes okay we've got 100 seats to fill send out one of JD's BS bloody you know SMS messages let's go with number four so she sends out number four, not to the whole database, but to maybe a thousand. And it'll say, hi, look, you know, Chef Pierre has got this unbelievable deal tonight for a lobster tail meal for two people for $68. You better hurry because it's getting booked out quickly. Just click here if you want to book. Guess what? Ten minutes later, she comes back and says, we're fully booked. Fully booked. And he does that every day and he's the only restaurant in the world that's full 100% of the year. And he does it because he does something really simple. It's called collecting data. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's collecting data and not being fearful of a pen and paper. You, you know, I think in a digital age, and and actually we, we were chatting about this just before the we clicked record on the episode, so we might revisit our, our chat, JD, but, you know, uh, in a digital age, what's happened is you've got, a, 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 you know, an opportunity to move in on, you know, more traditional techniques that other people aren't doing yeah. you know so once upon a time sending out uh, direct mail for example got cluttered in the mailbox now direct mail is still a little bit difficult because the only thing people get in the mail these days are bills so if you can surprise them and give them something that's not a bill happy days you're going to get great cut through and you were talking about a particular technique that i love using and i've used for multiple clients which is you know for local services rather than putting something in the mailbox doing a door hanger i mean so you, you talked about a traditional entry form so it's not like they're coming around going oh you've got to go to our website and you've got to sign up for this and you've got to no just just get the details there and then on a piece of paper you can work out the data entry later yeah. you know yeah. but what what are your thoughts about taking advantage of you know empty mailboxes now and and delivering things to people's homes or businesses absolutely mate and uh, look everything that's old is new again we all know that i'm wearing flares at the moment in my trousers i just thought i'd mention that too um <laughs> and i look great in a mini so <laughs> so uh yeah of course newspaper circulation is declining and regular free-to-air tv stations audiences are declining and all that sort of stuff but they're not going to disappear and you know what when people say to me uh I, I, look I, i've got a new product that's coming out soon that i won't bother going through today but it's going to be an interesting one for businesses and i'm going to be advertising that on shark tank because i can by regional i deal through you know distressed media brokers and so therefore i can buy if you bought a 30 second ad on current affair tonight or let's say shark tank in sydney you'd be paying 15 or twenty thousand dollars for that 30 seconds i can buy that same 30 seconds in townsville for about 90 bucks okay so i can buy that same 30 second ad in uh, the same program shark tank or current affair in any regional town Townsville, Cairns, Rockhampton, wherever it might be, for about $1,900. So therefore, I can throw 1000 or $2,000 into Shark Tank and own the whole damn show. And I'm after business owners. And so therefore, who watches Shark Tank? Presumably a lot of business owners. And I bring that up because if you said to me, oh, JD, but you know, the online world is really digging into the offline world now because Shark Tank used to have nationally a million viewers, and now it's only got 800,000, I go, 
I'm happy with that. 800,000 eyeballs, I'll buy every day of the mm. week, right? Yeah, yeah. So what's happening is that a lot, and again, you know, I'm sounding like an old fart, I know, but a lot of the younger people are saying, oh, we don't read newspapers, we don't watch TV, so you wouldn't ever advise a client to advertise on newspapers or TV or letterbox. I'm sorry, they haven't disappeared. They might not be perhaps 500,000, like I'll take, I'll give you an example. The Sunday Mail in Brisbane, or say, let's say Sunday Telegraph in Sydney, it used to sell 600,000 papers on a Sunday. It doesn't anymore. It's 490,000 now. But does that stop me from, it's still 490,000 people that buy the paper, multiply that by 2.3 eyeballs, I'm still getting to nearly 2 million, I'm sorry, sorry, 1.5 million people for my money. So I keep on saying to people, don't disregard offline, just put it in its right perspective. And in letterbox drops, the case study that I gave you just before we switched the uh, record button was a locksmith on the Sunshine Coast. He was putting out a deal brochure and he just showed pictures of Lockwood Locks and understandably he was not getting anywhere. So he got into our program and I said, look, you're selling the features there, not the benefits. You've got to show the benefits. So we put together a door hanger version of that Dior brochure and it was, you know, a bit cheeky, but, you know, this is how it ran. We had a balaclava baddie guy on the front of it and, of course, uh, he had a message on the front of it when you got to your front door that night coming home from work, you pull off the door hanger. There's a guy in a balaclava there says, I called in today but you weren't home. Don't worry, I could be back tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the flip side, of course, all the locks that you can get for your doors and windows. Well, that guy's phone rang off the hook. His website melted. Uh, everything just changed for him. And he now realises, this was about 18 months ago, he now realises that you've got to sell the benefits, not the features. That's a killer case study. And, and, also, and also too, though, it's it's an innovative way to do it. Everybody just goes with the default, which is, I'll just put a letter or a flyer in the mailbox. But the door hanger in specific, I've used multiple times for local service providers. And yes, it costs a little more to produce and yes it costs a little more to deliver but the response rate is astronomical and I've actually had to sit there in front of a a, a client and say use the door hanger don't use the flyer in the mail and they've said to me oh but I can get the flyer delivered for this price I said yes because the 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 local mum that's delivering it is also delivering 14 other flyers in one batch and just dumping it in the mailbox like you're just going to get lost in there when everybody's zigging you can zag you know when yeah, I love the analogy of, uh, you know, when, when everybody's shouting, if you're in a loud auditorium full of people and you're shouting, you're trying to get somebody's attention. If you whisper, they have to move closer to you, right? So you don't have to be doing what the rest of the, the crowd are doing to make a statement. You know, be innovative. You know, talk to guys like like JD. Consume, look, just consume his free content. You know, he gives this gold away on a regular basis. And then come and, and, and join a program where people can guide you through that. Find great designers like Greg Merrilies and myself to help you make the most of your opportunity. And, you know, your business can be catapulted to something that you just can't even imagine. But, Alan, you know why you guys are successful? I'm being serious for a moment. I'm taking my sarcastic hat off it. When I'm on stage doing the seminars, I point out to people that their director of first impressions used to be Susie behind the reception desk. Well, she's been relegated to number two now because we all know the director of first impressions is your, and everyone says website. Website. And of course I say, good. So if you had an ugly receptionist, there's every chance in the world that people would come to visit you at your office and go, oh God, you know, Susie's not too good. And that would have, as, as politically incorrect as this might sound, that would have some ramifications on your business. Let's just say she was wearing a, you know, a tracky jumper with a hood over it and she had 
nose rings through every part of her body. Can you imagine? That's not really the Disney, you know, customer service edict that you'd expect when you go to visit someone. And I'm exaggerating it for the sake of getting the message across. But the fact is, is that people are attracted to attractive things. And I don't care whether that sounds politically incorrect or not. That's the truth, right? (laughs) And so therefore, if you've got an ugly website, then of course your director of first impressions is going to have a negative impact on your business. So therefore I tell them the very first thing they should do whenever they you know, leave my event, whether they join up with me or not, is fix your ugly website. And then I say to them, and guess what? If you want to fix your website, the last person you should ever go to is a website design company. Do not go anywhere near them because most of them are graphic artists who know nothing about marketing. And therefore, you might end up with a pretty website, but it won't have any sales focus to it. You won't sell anything from it. You'll just have flowers, all right? So then look at what you guys do. You are not just a normal website designers. You are marketeers first and web designers second. And that's what makes you stand out from the crowd. I'm being serious. I'm absolutely being serious because you guys are out on your own in that league because you know how to sell stuff, which means that when you put together the pretty website, it's put together with a direct response mentality. So if you ask me, both of you guys are the un of your industry. And that's what I say that everyone needs to be. If they want to stand out exactly what Alan said, you've got to be unusual, unlike and unconventional. And that's what you guys bring to the table and that's why you're so busy i love that yeah a website is so much more than a a brochure or you know susie at the desk so and speaking of direct response i mean that's you know what i see a a lot of tv advertisers they don't do is direct response it's all about putting their brand out there but one thing i've seen recently is a few ads have actually got a in their url at the end of they've got forward slash tv so at least they can measure start to measure that result now so i found yeah. that was quite interesting yeah and 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 look look even even mate the the headache tablet companies have woken up to it they used to you know basically come on tv years ago telling you that there was paracetamol and codeine and all this sort of stuff inside the you know panadol and nurofen and uh that that's why we should use it and what they were forgetting is that we didn't care what was in there you know basically you know you can put anything in i just want my headache gone in 10 minutes and so therefore Really, I was pleasantly surprised when I see the Nurofen and the Panadol ads now with a school teacher. She's not looking particularly pretty because she's got a headache and she doesn't have any lipstick or blush on and the kids are running rampant in the classroom. So she pulls out the drawer and has a you know tablet and then the cutaway happens and be, like instantly she's got lipstick and blush. She's gone from a 2 out of 10 to a 9.9. And uh, the kids are well behaved. And so therefore, now they realize we don't care about the ingredients or the features. We care about the benefits, which is my headache gone in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what you should have in, on your on your website as you know, you teach people, JD, to talk about the problem and the fact that you have a solution to that problem and you know, try and capture people emotionally. And yeah, a lot of people get that wrong and they do the copywriter themselves and they make the website copy all about them instead of the problems that they can solve. So yeah. But yeah, and another thing I wanted to touch on, JD, speaking of, you know, like old school marketing and versus new school, like you do run a lot of live events. Would you say that uh, like these days, are the live events as effective as they used to be? And are they as effective as, say, you know, a Facebook ad campaign? We are tending to go more webinars now because uh, it just doesn't, you know, you'd have to jump on a plane, train and automobile. So the webinars, yeah. uh, particularly if you pre-record a lot of them and you send them out as, a, uh, as an auto webinar, you won't get the same conversion rate because you're not in front of people on a live basis, yep. but, but it's a hell of a lot less taxing. But getting back to the events thing, mate, look, a lot of the speakers, and you know as many of them as I do, Greg, have found it more difficult in recent years to fill yeah. seminar rooms because it's too easy for everyone to watch a webinar or yep. listen to what we're doing right now, a podcast. 
However, we're, we're still doing okay. We're, um, we're able to get near 100 in the room each time, which is a pretty good effort these days because uh, even Anthony Robbins has dropped his price these days to uh, a very reasonable amount. Uh, what, we, what we tend to do, uh, I'll give you some numbers. We were filling rooms for around about $44, $45 per registration uh, about a year ago. We've got that down to about $17, $18 a registration now because of the finesse that we've got with the Facebook advertising. So we've been able to test and fix and test and fix and test and fix so that we know what sort of ads to put out there if we're wanting to fill a room in Sydney or Melbourne, wherever it might be. And that's been through trial and error. And uh, I've been talking to a a seminar organiser in Melbourne uh, recently who wants to put me on his stages. And he said that uh, he was pretty happy because he was getting registrations through Facebook advertising for somewhere between $60 and $70. And he said, what are you getting? What are you getting them for? And I said, oh, $17 to $20. And he thought I was taking the mickey out of him, but I wasn't. So if you get this Facebook thing really, really right, then the seminar stuff absolutely still has a life in it. If you get it wrong and you are only getting 15 or 20 people in the room and your conversion rate is 10 or 15%, I think yeah. those days are numbered, yeah. Yeah, so what's your process for getting people in a room through Facebook? Hold it, hold it right there, right? Listen, I know this is getting really, really exciting at this point of the episode, but we don't want to burn out your eardrums. Greg, is it all right if we maybe come back next week and finish this episode? I think we should because, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty exciting what JD's talking about. And, yeah, he's got some really good dad jokes coming up. So stay tuned for that. you got to, you got to come back, listener. Oh, JD is epic when it comes to dad jokes. And listen, there's some real gold, some some informative case studies that he's that he's talking about. But we just do want to respect you, the listener, and not have you sitting here wondering when is this episode going to end. We are going to cut it here, and we will be back next week with the second half of this episode. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, listener. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.